grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What's the riskiest thing that you've ever done? And by risky, I don't mean foolish. Now, there's never any advantage to doing something that's, that's stupid. Sounds like you might have done one or two of those as well. So, so when I ask what's the riskiest thing you've, you've done, think along these lines. What are one or two things you did which no one expected? What endeavor had you set out on that had the greatest uncertainty of success? Or what have you done that promised the most discomfort? Resistance or sacrifice? I bet a number of things have come to mind as you were thinking along those lines. Um, perhaps in high school you got up the nerve to ask the most beautiful girl or the most athletic guy out for a date. That's always risky, right? Or uh, maybe you physically challenged yourself to, to some heroic endeavor. Uh, maybe you wanted to lose a lot of weight or to run a marathon or to give up all Cokes and chocolate. Has anyone here ever taken a professional or financial risk? And if you have, I bet you remember it very, very clearly. Whether it worked out well for you or whether it left you with some lifelong emotional scars. Because that's the deal with taking risks, isn't it? They're so, so risky. Uh, their, their outcome is, is so unsure. But man, are they worth it. I mean, it's never the things you've done when you've stayed in your comfort zone that you remember the rest of your life. Never. Those aren't the kind of things that you, you retell to your buddies or, or, or share with your grandkids. But instead, it's the big things you've tried. It's the, the, the life-changing steps that you've taken. A guy by the name of Jim Ron, R-O-H-N, was a an author, a motivational speaker, and an entrepreneur. He said something that I'm, I buy into fully. He said, if you're not willing to risk the usual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. If you're not willing to risk the usual, you'll have to settle for the ordinary. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, as, as the people of God, as those who have the, the Spirit of the Lord Almighty coursing through their veins, God forbid that we would ever choose to settle for the ordinary. It's simply unacceptable. Because that is not kingdom living. That's not living by faith. Anyone can settle for the ordinary. But you are not just anyone. 
Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, you are now the people of the living God. You are His holy people. You are Jesus' ambassadors. You are the salt of the earth. You are sons and daughters of the light. So please, please don't settle for living a life that is ordinary. Is taking risk challenging? Yes. Does it require that you dig deep? Yes, again. Even to forget yourself and rely fully on God? Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the secrets of, of risk takers. I appreciate what Nelson Mandela once said. He said, it's always going to seem impossible until it's done. So if we are wanting to, to regain our, our spiritual focus in this new year, if our goal is to be producing spiritual fruit, fruit that lasts for eternity, and if we are to truly live our lives in a balanced fashion, up with God, in with other Christians, and out with the world, then in which of those three arenas is risk-taking in highest demand? It's with engaging and serving people in the world, isn't it? Perhaps the most glaring blind spot of the Jews is thinking that God would send the Messiah just for them. That's not the message of Scripture, of course. Speaking of Jesus, their prophet Isaiah once wrote, I will also make you, speaking of Jesus, a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So how did they miss that? It's for the same reason that we so often fail to reach out, isn't it? No different than the Jews, we have an uncanny ability to stop with the up and the in. Even though Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Even though He said, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. So, as we are working to make this beautiful thing called radical hospitality natural, as we continue putting our best efforts and, and execution into passionate worship, as together we further commit ourselves to intentional faith development, let's also be doing this accepting risk-taking mission and service. Let me step back just for a moment. In these days before retirement, Kim and I are doing some reflections, I guess you would say. Looking back through some old pictures, recalling memories that God has blessed us with here in Tyler, and especially all the people that, that we've been able to do life with. And we're so thankful. 
One of the blessings were three trips that we made to Central America with Habitat International. It's not a superlative to say that those trips were life-changing for me. In Guatemala, our hands helped to build home number 35,001. An affordable and earthquake-resistant home. In El Salvador, we dug holes, five-foot deep holes, much of it through solid rock to serve as a foundation for these homes. And we did it with nothing more than hand tools. And then in Costa Rica, we, we mixed tons and tons of, of mortar. We did it on the ground. We did it with shovels and sieves in order to make a home that is about the size of a two-car garage. We, we, we carried and we stacked hundreds and hundreds of concrete bricks and we slept really well at night. <laughs> Yet it, were, it was in a place where you would not dare stop with your family in the States. I was changed by it. In fact, after our trip to Guatemala, I saw a bumper sticker that I would not have understood had I seen it before that trip. It said, the more I know, the less I need. I had seen people need very little and were also very happy, happy and content. That, that phrase, the more I know, the less I need, that, that struck home with me. Because the people in Central America taught me so much. Would it have been more cost effective to just write a check and, and send it so that the, the, the people there could be paid for the labor that was needed? Yeah, it would have. But then lives would not have been changed. And isn't that what we're put on this earth for? To change lives. I and the others, we, we learned so much more than what we accomplished. We learned what devotion looks like. It came in the form of a little 90-pound young mother who was carrying her two-year-old son. She carried him all everywhere, so much so that he had never learned to walk. You see, she couldn't put him down on the floor of her home because it was a dirt floor. And if she put him on a dirt floor to crawl around, he would, have, he would have been infected by parasites and other diseases for which they have no treatment. So we built them a home with a concrete floor. Lives were changed. We met an elderly couple. The gentleman was disabled. And they too lived in a place with a dirt floor, and yet theirs constantly had water running through the middle of it. My grandmother used to have chickens, and her chicken house was constructed of better materials than these people's home. They got a new house too. 
But not only were we who, who went on these trips those who were changed, so were the gracious, the humble, the ever appreciative people who welcomed us. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Why would these people from so far away come to help them? Why would these people who have so much make sacrifices for them? I mean, what's behind it? What's driving it? Because from outward appearances, we had very little in common. In our hearts, though, we were the same. Because whenever people know that someone else cares, cares enough to help and to serve and to make a sacrifice, that's when our differences become immaterial. The thing that we both have to share is a touch of grace. God's grace in Jesus. It doesn't happen, though, without forethought. It only happens when we're willing to take a chance, when we're willing to do what's unexpected. And isn't that what, Je what God did in Jesus? Who had ever heard of a virgin being with child by the Holy Spirit? Why would the God of the universe, the creator of all things, have His Son born in a cattle stall? And Jesus took risks too. After fasting for 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus went toe-to-toe -to -toe up against Satan and his temptations successfully. Jesus took a huge risk in asking some hot-headed common fishermen to be his disciples and to carry his message into the world. That was risky. And why in the world would he, would he befriend a woman like Mary Magdalene? Or, or any of us for that matter? Because his mission requires taking risks. It means a willingness to do what no one else would ever expect. like volunteering to be crucified. So for you to produce fruit will, that will last, are, are you willing to take risks? Are you even willing to risk failing? It was the great Canadian hockey player by the name of Wayne Gretzky who said this. He said, you will miss 100% of the shots you never take. One mark of discipleship then is, is loving people for whom it's not automatic, not easy, not even accepted. Risk-taking mission means being willing to be challenged and stretched it's humbly serving those people who don't look like or live like you. Risk-taking mission and service means showing everyone 
respect, compassion, mercy. It's protecting the, the most vulnerable, like the unborn in our country. And don't shy away from, from starting with small things, just offering a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. In fact, Al Grable Eunice would love to talk to you about something our, our outreach mission team is putting together. They're called blessing bags. They're one-gallon Ziploc bags that are full of just everyday essentials like a toothbrush and toothpaste. Soap and deodorant, a protein bar, that kind of thing. Things that you can easily hand off to someone who is in need, along with your smile, your word of kindness, and an offer to pray with them. Or what about volunteering at a school or a clinic? At a rehab or at a, a, a pregnancy center? The opportunities are endless, irregardless of what age you might be. Let me close in with these words of Jesus. He said, if you love those who love you, what, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Instead, be merciful. Just as your Heavenly Father is merciful. In other words, let's, let, let's live like Jesus lived. Let, let's take risk for His kingdom. Quietly and in faith, let's do those things that no one would ever expect. Like washing someone else's feet and joyfully serving them. And then let's watch. Let's watch as the Holy Spirit changes hearts. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ.